0: Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Board. Your weekend wake-up tradition for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the House. High and dry in sunny Arizona. Good morning, y'all. Our prayers certainly go out to... The millions of people in the path of uh, Hurricane Florence. Sounds like it's going to be quite a water event. We were doing some calculations here before the show. As we calculated, the amount of water that will fall will fill the Chesapeake Bay. Or fill Lake Powell three times. <laughs> so, how many trillions of gallons? 19 trillion gallons of water will fall from the sky? Is that what we calculated, bud?
1: I thought we we're saving yeah, up for I nine I o'clock. Know, oh, we, are, we are saving it for <laughs> nine the nine o'clock hour. Page.
0: We are. That's a nine <laughs> o'clock topic. Ten o'clock topic. We're going to be talking about uh, garden sites throughout the state of Arizona that you can go see. We'll be giving you a Romero tour of the great state of Arizona garden sites. You should take a look at before you uh, plant or remodel or rejuvenate your yard around your around your house home. Castle or Cabin, 9 o'clock will be open hour, 8 o'clock John J. Harper will be in, we'll be talking I think a little bit about uh, winter vegetable gardening, it's time now to get that garden in, so here we've got here in the 7 o'clock hour, a special guest, as y'all know, the 7 o'clock hour is our people, places, and things of Arizona, and we're gonna do a series. ...on the castles of Arizona. So, you've heard me say for 30 years, Rosie on the House is everything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. And we identified castles throughout the whole state of Arizona that we're going to highlight and tell the history and the story of. And we thought we would start with the iconic Tovery Castle. You may know it as the Wedding Cake Castle... And to come in and share with us the history of this, we've got Tamara Zivic, the president of the Tovry Carraro Society.
2: Hello, good morning. Good morning.
0: morning. How are you today? Good. All right. So you're here to share with all of our listeners the story of the Tovry Castle. It's a long story. How does that start? I mean, uh, give us the background of settling the site and the beginning of the construction project.
2: Well, way back in the 1900s, it actually was homesteaded by a family named Warner. They ended up having 320 acres out in Booneyville, as we used to say, because it wasn't anywhere close to Phoenix. Tempe was close by. In 1928, a gentleman who had made a lot of money in the sheet metal business during the San Francisco earthquake, Mr. Alessio Carraro, came out, and he saw the property, and he bought 277 acres. So within 14 months, he took that 277 acres, and he formed it into cactus gardens and built a 5,000-square-foot castle-looking building that he was going to open up as a boutique hotel. So the idea was that people would come and stay in the hotel, they'd fall in love with the desert like he had, and then they would buy home sites. So it was really a home development idea. And the castle would be the community senator, basically. However, when he was finished <laughs> and after he'd won some awards for having all kinds of lights and even a Christmas tree sta- strapped on top of the cupola for the um, where the flag usually goes, yeah. Yeah. he won all kinds of awards for that every, every year for Christmas. 1929, the Depression hits. Nobody's visiting Arizona anymore. Building has stopped. Nobody's going to buy home sites, so the Tovery family had been running a packing plant next door for about, since 1919, they saw that it was available, and they bought 44 of the 277 acres, which included the castle. So that's where it ended up being an actual family home. They lived there until Della's death in 1969, and the Tovery Family Foundation owned it until the late 80s when the city of Phoenix purchased it.
0: And Mr. Carraro, he, yes. go, he goes where after selling it to Tovery's? So He goes back to San neat Francisco? Guy. Or? No,
2: he actually keeps on. He does some mining in the Huachuca Mountains. He is a water witch, and he develops a lot of different uh patented instruments to do that. He's well-known for being an actual real water witcher. And he ends up in Yarnell at Carraro Grotto, where he built a little castle in the mountains, or in the rock formations, and he opened up a rock zoo. And it's still there. (laughs) A rock zoo. A rock rock zoo. gardens,
1: rock zoo. Rock zoo.
2: He saw that each one of these big granite boulders looked like an animal. And what he did was then he painted on each one. Well, this looks like a dinosaur. This looks like an elephant. And people would come up and visit with him. And he would stay in his little castle structure. And he passed away up there in 1964. But people are still welcome to go and see that grotto. The gentleman that owns it loves people to come and visit just like Mr. Carraro did.
1: In Yarnell. In Yarnell. And that's called what? The Yarnell.
2: The Carraro Grotto. It's actually right on the path where our firefighters walked. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay.
0: All right. So he builds, as a sheet metal man, he comes down and builds this masonry structure. And you almost have to be an engineer to understand this is a complicated building to build.
2: Yes, it is. The neat thing about it is every structure that he put, from the fuel house to the machine shop to the Carraro cabin and the cottage for the caretakers, they all have sheet metal roofs, and they all have a cupola on them. So they all reflect his past and his future with the castle. But it's actually also one of the first buildings in town, and I believe the first commercial building that is stucco. Because only the basement has block. Okay. And then the upper floors are all made out of pine.
0: Okay, all framed.
2: All framed.
0: Framed and stuccoed.
2: And no plans. He would draw the plans in the dirt, so it looks a little bit different. There's only a couple of renderings of what it was supposed to look like that were published in the Arizona Republican, (laughs) the name of the newspaper Mm -hmm. at the time. But otherwise, it looks a lot different. Had to blast everything because it's total granite, and all the brick in the block on the site is was made on site. So he had a, a crusher, and he had a machine that would make them into bricks. And let me tell you, those things are heavy. Do you have any idea how
3: many people worked on that, how big his crew was?
2: You know, we have pictures of about 12 to 14 men, but we know that at any given time others came in, and most, all of them were locals.
0: And he built it in 14 months.
2: 14 months.
0: No yep. plans. Nope. No building permits. Nope. No co- that was That's a big thing. <laughs> that was probably <laughs> a good thing. the inspector to come <laughs> out and make his rounds. No codes. <laughs> no codes. And no inspections.
2: Nope.
0: Yeah, that was speed speedy job. Up. Well,
2: let's put it this way. There were a lot of inspections. He had that open all the time because he was quite the promoter. He wanted people to come on site to see what was going on, so I'm sure he got a lot of insights from a lot of different people and he actually was able to get a bus stop from phoenix which was at 16th street was the edge of phoenix at the time and they brought people down van buren to carraro heights on that bus line dropped them right there
0: that was a city bus line
2: city bus line we have pictures of it going up the hill i'm not sure how they got down the hill
0: (laughs) So that's the first time the city was subsidizing a real estate developer. Evidently. (laughs) Driving potential lot buyers on a city bus up to Carrero Heights. I never knew it was originally designated or originally intended to be a housing subdivision.
2: Yep. Yep. He was going to make some money. You know, the, the people would use the castle as the place to come and visit. And then they would say, hey, this is the place to be.
0: Well, it was it just is. such
3: bare, flat desert. I, I mean, of all the places around with the mountains all around the city, for him to pick right in the middle of the desert, just exposed to full. Well, sun. he
0: had that. He had the natural hilltop to create the the, the 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 castle. But what he didn't know is when I was in engineering college at ASU, uh, you have to take geology classes, and when they want to teach you about caliche which is almost impossible to dig through, they take you to Papago Park and Carrero Heights, and they say, this is why no homes were ever built in this area. We can't get the septic tanks to leach. This this is caliche. It's called God's concrete. And the entire area, just inches below the surface, is literally impenetrable.
2: Well, when people come for tours... They don't understand how important it is for them to use the modern restrooms in the visitor center because there are none on the property once they get on that tram and go on that tour because the all of that was above ground, and when the city refurbished it, they closed all that off because nobody was going to live there. So we've got lovely porta-potties, but okay. the underground water and that, it just doesn't exist.
0: All right. We're talking here this morning with Tamara Zivick. She is the president of the Tovery Carraro Society, which is an all-volunteer organization involved in managing and running the Tovery Castle at Carrara Heights. And I want to get back to that in a little bit and talk about, okay, we've got an all-volunteer society running a city-owned piece of property. Yes. What a great relationship for the city.
2: And for us, too. <laughs>
0: And the city ended up picking this property back up when?
2: Late 80s. They had a series of three bond elections to first purchase the property in different plots.
0: I want to talk about that as what the bonds were involved in. So the city ends up buying this property, which was in some state of disrepair, and has it for a lot of years and, and can't really do anything with it. But then eventually we get it open open to the public and i want to talk about that when we get back here at rosie on the house cruising through the arizona hour with sanderson ford and rosie on the house cruising in our sanderson ford all across the great state of arizona we're actually staying pretty local here this morning right here in the Valley of the Sun, but boy, we're going to be doing some cruising in the 10 o'clock hour. We'll be taking you all all across the state, visiting garden sites that you need to see across the great state of Arizona before you landscape or re-landscape your own yard. But here this morning, we're talking about the Wedding Cake Castle, the iconic landmark, the Tovery Castle at Carrara Heights. We're here with the president of the Tovery Ferrara Society, Tamra yes. Zivic. Thanks again for joining us here this morning. Absolutely. So we were talking a little bit about uh, no restrooms at the building. <laughs> no. Nope. That, that has a lot to do with the ground that it's built on.
2: <laughs> Correct.
0: <laughs> very, t- very tough, tough ground. That's for sure. Uh, but the other things we wanted to talk about is this is city owned property, and, yes. you, and you were just beginning to say how the city had the foresight to purchase this property. How how did they fund this purchase? And this was back in the 80s? Yes. Okay.
2: So Della Tovery died in 1969, and the family had caretakers, and some of the family members lived there off and on, but they had their own lives, and developers really wanted that piece of property, that 44 acres that are there. And um, there were several, a lot of outcry from the community in Phoenix, as well as a couple of the Tovery family members who thought that this might be one of those historic sites that we should keep because it, its background went all the way back pre-statehood. And so a series of bond elections were held, and they passed by a grand majority in the 90 percentile to fund this project. So that was purchasing the parcels of land little by little. First one was seven acres that included the castle and then little by little spreading out to get all 44 acres and then they had the property but the building had not been kept up because not that wasn't lived in right. all the time like you would if you're right. in your own home and so there were some refurbishments that needed to be done and they also needed to shore it up so that guests could go in as a city property they had codes and permits now that right. had to be followed so there was a lot of things that needed to be done and Thank goodness they also added air conditioning because all those years there was no air conditioning. And, boy, does it get warm in there.
0: I bet it does. So how does the Toveri Carraro Society form?
2: So in 2010, the building was complete. They were just putting the finishing touches on the visitor center. Okay. And the city finds that because of the recession we were in, They were having to scale back, and they would put all this money into the site, but they didn't have the operating ability to open it up with rangers or have the tours. And we had already had gardeners out there who were working on the property for a long time and were really committed to getting it open. So we formed the nonprofit Tovery Carraro Society just to get it open to the community, get events going, get tours going. So in 2012, we opened up with our first tour in partnership with the city. So the city continues to own it, okay. but they and they take care of major expenses. But otherwise, the society, which is now just six years old, okay. is in charge of maintaining, making sure the trams are in good working shape, making sure that it's a safe place, that, that it's clean, all of those things.
0: How big is the society?
2: Society has about 67 volunteers.
0: And this is 67 people focused on preserving an iconic piece of Arizona history. You must have some interesting characters in your society.
2: We have some wonderful (laughs) characters in our society. We all come from very interesting backgrounds. We have people who are pioneer families. We have people who are new to the valley and saw it as they were driving on the 202. But everybody, we have a very deep bench. Everybody brings a lot to the table.
0: Talk, talk about your history in Arizona.
2: Well, I'm a fifth-generation Arizonan. We go back to homesteading days in the 1860s. We uh, were a dairy family in Phoenix at 12th Street in Missouri, but we also had a cattle ranch in Congress. So they were hanging about the same folks that the Carraros and the Toveries were.
0: Five generations, the dairy at 12th and Missouri.
2: Yep, yep.
0: When did that close?
2: Well, they used to get goat's milk for me when I was an infant. And so it was there probably till I was about 10 or 12. Yeah? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a hoot. So five generations here in the great state of Arizona. You're primarily here in the Valley and up in Congress?
2: We're not in Congress anymore, but we do have places in Prescott, Tucson, all those areas. Big family.
0: How about any of the families still involved in the society?
2: Absolutely, we have uh, the one of the daughters of the Warner family, but the original prim- the original homesteaders. homesteaders. And then we have the granddaughter and daughter of the builder, Alessio Carraro. That's Marie Carraro Cunningham. She actually serves on our board and is part of the Operating and Maintenance Committee. She leads that. And then Phil Tovery III is also on our board and takes great pride in the fact that he really helped to keep this from being just another development.
0: Well, it's open to the public. And when we come back in the next segment, I want to talk a little bit about how the public can interact with this particular piece of Arizona history. Because it's not its not open as a city park where you just land there and browse around. Correct. So we'll, we'll cover all those details with Tamara Zinick, the president of the Tovery Carraro Society, talking about the Wedding Cake Castle just outside. What used to be outside the city of Phoenix, currently right now in city of Phoenix. The tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. And hey, welcome back on a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning.
3: Who says there's nothing to do in Phoenix, huh? <laughs>
0: We're talking about the Tovry Castle with Tamara. Miss Tamara, again, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday morning. Come in and join us and share the story of the castle. With our listeners,
2: glad to be here.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the family that lived in the castle the longest. It was the Tovries. Yes, and they had the large feedlot packing plant down on right on Van Buren as the south side of Van Buren Street, as I remember. Correct,
2: it. and then it stretched across Washington.
0: Yeah, and then the Cudahy's had a big plant there yes. for a long time.
2: They so they sold it in the 30s to the Cudahy's.
0: where the where the Stockyard Restaurant. Is still to this day.
2: Great food.
0: Great food. So all that, all that history packed into this one little quadrant of the city. Um, tell, us some, tell us some of the Tovery family stories.
2: Well, a bunch of us just went over to Harkins Theater in Scottsdale to see The Great Escape. And the Steve McQueen character is a compilation of a lot of the guys that were in that Stalag. And one of the sons of Big Phil Tovery... The son of EA Tovery, who actually bought the property, was one of the characters, Ed Tovery. He was actually one of the fellas that was helping dig. And lucky for him, he got transferred to another Stalag before they actually escaped. So he lived to tell the story. Wow. So, yeah. Amazing.
0: I I love that movie, but. I break out in a high form of anxiety kind of like Mr. Bronson in the movie when yeah. he, when he's down there digging
2: in that small tunnel in, in that tunnel.
0: small little tunnel. Oh man. But uh, so one of the toveries was actually one of the real life characters that helped dig those tunnels that the movie The Great Escape documented.
2: Yes. Yes. Yep. Another one of the sons was also a fighter pilot. And then the other side of the Tovery family, the O'Hare Airport was named after Butch O'Hare. That was Phil Tovery's uncle. So a lot of history within that family.
0: Well, the the O'Hare Airport in Chicago? In Chicago. Okay. Yeah, that airport has a whole big history wing to it. I've been stuck there several times, <laughs> and, and but they have a, a a big a big history depiction. Yes, of the whole family story there. That's interesting. Okay, so other how big a family was living in this castle?
2: Well, it was just Della and E A. Initially, E A. passed away within the first year of them living there. Oh. Uh, Della was a widow for about four years. And she did a lot of upkeep. She added a a patio, and she concreted some things. She added some different walls and that sort of thing while she was widowed. And then she married the publisher of the Prescott Courier. So uh, Mr. Stewart lived in the castle with Della during the winter, and then they summered in
0: Prescott. And what's the Tovery family story? How did they get here?
2: Mr. Tovery... (coughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Mr. E.A. Tovery actually came in as a – he was pushing cattle through from Illinois. He grew up there, came in through Holbrook, started butchering all of the cattle, got a really great reputation, had a terrific butcher shop in downtown Phoenix, continued to grow that. And he also took his company around wherever the mines were. Mr. Tovery was the first uh, mayor of the town of Jerome. And uh, got that place kicking, then moved down to Bisbee. That's where he met Della Tovery, his second wife. And then they eventually came back to Phoenix, and that's when he started the packing plant in 1919.
0: I didn't know that. Now, that story alone, right there, packs a lot of interest. Yeah. That's incredible. So the, the, the facility is open to the public?
2: Absolutely. Let's
0: talk about that. You can't just park your car and wander onto the property.
2: No, that's a little dangerous. We've yeah. got some wildlife out there that would be happy to greet you, and like the lovely coyotes and that, but we also try to protect their space where they're living. We do have tours, but when you're there, you have to be on a guided tour. And we are open Wednesday through Sunday. We're dark Monday and Tuesday to do the big things like emptying those porta-potties and fixing the roof and that sort of thing.
3: And I did read also you, you can't walk up and get a ticket. They're sold out in advance pretty much all the time.
2: Boy, we would love to be able to, to get to the point that we can do that. We sell out months in advance. In fact, July 1st, we released the spring of 2019 tickets and sold 4,045 minutes.
0: Well, what is this event on your website, Tea with Della, the tickets go on sale this morning, September 15th at 6 a.m.? Yep. What is that?
2: That is our first ever fundraiser for the society. We are raising money to be able to refurbish and recreate the outbuildings. Now, for those that don't know it, there's other buildings out there besides the castle. The castle was what was refurbished by the city, but we have a fuel house. We have a Carraro cabin. We have a reflecting pool. We have about seven different buildings that are all in different Um, levels of need of repair or they're gone from monsoons. And so this is a kickoff to our capital campaign to help us begin to raise funds to get those back in shape to add to the tour.
0: Tickets just went on sale an hour and a half ago.
2: Yep,
3: we're almost sold out.
0: Almost sold out. At $100 each,
2: that's awesome.
0: And so how many people would you hope to see attend that?
2: 125. We have five tours And the neat thing about it is it's not just a tour, but it also includes tea on the patio where Della used to entertain the big shots of Phoenix to raise money for the war effort. So you're really getting to participate in a piece of history. We usually don't have refreshments on our tours. And you get a chance to go around the whole property and see the plans for each one of the buildings as well.
3: Is that the total count for the whole day or per tea? Per T is twenty four, twenty five. Oh, people. nice little intimate group. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. It is. We were very fortunate when the building did get remodeled. Uh, I, I, I knew I knew the right people, and we were able to take a staff photo from the top level of the castle. With oh, us- don't tell
2: anybody. Using a helicopter, <laughs> <It's published>. sh- <laughs> shooting
0: the picture down on top of us. That was a real kick. Uh, the castle's always been kind of a curiosity landmark in, in my mind. And and then as you're growing up in the area, which wasn't too far from the area I grew up at, you always hear of the hauntings and the stories that supposedly happen up there on the hill. Yes. How many of them really happen? Is well, this the only unhaunted castle in the world?
2: All I can speak <laughs> is from my own personal experience, and I haven't met any of those folks yet. Okay. And I'm there all the time. People can attest to the fact that I've been there in the middle of the night, closing windows. So I haven't met any of those ghosts if they're there. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if we've got some folks hanging around, but haven't met them yet.
0: Now, I've heard stories of a heinous crime being committed in the basement.
2: And that actually is not correct. Okay. um, There was a murder in the Tovery family, but it did not take place in the castle itself. There was, however, a robbery that happened right before Della passed away um, in 1968 over Veterans Day weekend. It was a really stormy night, and some guys thought that she was going to be in Texas visiting her sister and unfortunately she got a cold and stayed home and so lo and behold they break into the castle from way up above and come down and there she is sleeping in the kitchen because by then she was nearly 80 and the closest bathroom was on the first floor and she usually slept in the basement so that was a lot for an 80-year-old gal so she was sleeping in the in the kitchen and her little dog was going nuts and they ran into the burglars right there in the in the hallway and backed her back into the kitchen. There was a bit of a struggle and a gun did go off. So we have a bullet hole in the kitchen that you can check out. They tied her up and took off with silver and some money and some jewelry, some furs, took off in fact in a pink Cadillac and left her there. She got untied, ran out to the bell out front, started ringing that for her caretakers and unfortunately they thought it was the bell from the packing company. So she finally gets a hold of them by running down there in the rain, and they call the police. Eventually, one of the two guys was caught, and she was given her silverware back in coffee cans that they had melted it in, the little one-pound coffee cans. Uh, But in the meantime, she contracted pneumonia, probably from running around in the storm, and passed away in January of the next year.
0: Now, I've heard stories. We used to have convenience stores in Arizona, uh everybody knows the Circle K's, the 7-11's. We used to have U Totems.
2: Yes, that was Della's grocery store. She actually would shop there and at Christmas time, we heard this from one of the bag boys, he she would get into her big car with her furs and get all dolled up and she would go around Christmas, sometimes Christmas Eve and load up a bunch of baskets full of food especially the meats and the really expensive things. Everybody thinks she's going to have a party. She pays for it, and she leaves the baskets in the utotem for the employees to take home. Very generous lady.
0: And that, I, I, I never knew her, but that was not the kind of stories I heard about her growing up.
2: Yeah, you hear about her being... Um, Afraid to go out. Yes. Uh, being a party animal for her time, being the head of the Democratic Party, being a wealthy woman who didn't meet with other people. Uh, this is a completely different side to her.
0: That's a fantastic story. You've been involved here at the Tovri Carraro Society for how long?
2: Since the fall of 2012.
0: And that, was that the founding of the society?
2: No, they started in March, okay. and the, it was actually formed the, the year before as a nonprofit.
0: All right. Let's go through the public access one more time. Where okay. are Where are you parking?
2: Parking is at the Visitor Center on 52nd Street in Van Buren. We have a beautiful parking lot. And people can park there, walk right into the Visitor Center. Everything starts at the Visitor Center. We have a terrific little gift shop in there. You can find out more about the castle and the families without even going on a tour if you come in and talk with our folks that are there. Um, And then you will head out on trams, go around all of the 44 acres of the property before arriving at the castle, and then you'll be able to explore the first floor in the basement all with a guided uh, docent or two.
0: And are y'all open year-round?
2: We close in July and August. Okay. That gives us time to get a lot of big stuff done. But even with the air conditioning, it's darn hot out there.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of the tour is outside on the trams.
2: Yes. Tour, yes.
0: Touring the grounds and the cactus garden.
2: Right. It's beautiful.
0: And y'all have a pretty elaborate cactus garden.
2: Yes. Yes, we do. Started out with over uh, 300 varieties from all around the world. Now we have those Plants that are native that have stuck it out for nearly 90 years.
0: It's its own little botanical garden.
2: Yes, we've won awards.
0: And the tickets are available how? To get on a tour.
2: Best way is to get on our email list that announces them. We do a lot of announcing through the, through the internet. You can call our ticket purveyor. You can go on our website and see... But online is the best. You can choose which tour you want. You can pay right then and there.
0: Very good. And if you want to participate in an extra special tour, it's Tea with Della. Tickets went on sale just a little under two hours ago. There's only going to be 125 of them sold. You better jump and jump today. as Jump this morning if you want to participate in that. Tamara, I can't thank you enough for coming in and sharing the story of the Tovery Castle. Thank you. All right, folks, when we get back, we're going to be talking about Arizona staycation. In particular, Winslow. Beautiful, beautiful Winslow. When we get back. It's our wide open road. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford. Little music puts you in the road. Trip mood.
3: It helps on like, being Arizona's happy place. You know, music is a happy thing.
1: So that was the Tovery Castle. This concept came out of doing a series on castles of Arizona. What are their castles? I mean, Montezuma's Castle obviously comes to mind. And they're
3: lined up uh, coming in a couple months.
1: Um, Mystery Castle. Have you seen that one down on South Mountain? Not, yes. Doesn't seem like it's too far far from Heard Pueblo. I had never, I've never heard, heard of, of that. It,
3: but it looks like a real mystery. <laughs> it, it looks like.
1: <laughs> we'll get the story on we'll that. We'll get one. the story. We won't speculate. We'll get the story. There's, uh, and you've got to be able to classify it as a castle, something that was originally built as a fortress. I don't know that Tovary was, but it's got that name. Yes. Um, that castle look to it. Yeah. Uh, I think of all of these on here, Montezuma's was the only one built as a as a true fortress. Uh, but they've got the feeling of it. And there's one down in Tucson, the Mohon. Have you familiar the, the with list, that one? The
3: list was uh, a mystery to me. Yeah. There's lots of things I hadn't heard. I'm looking forward to it. It's just interesting how many layers of history one place like Tovery could have. And the, I guess when the population was smaller, you had a chance to make a bigger impact. Their family showed up in lots of different ways.
1: So I don't know if we expand that to castles and mansions, because then you would open it up to, like, the Wrigley Mansion, a lot of Frank Lloyd Wright's, um, uh, Taliesin West. Oh, yeah, you could. uh, The Reardon Mansion and Flagstaff. Yes, absolutely. We could really expand on that, uh, being as technically—I'm pretty sure Montezuma's was the only one that's a— Fortress-type castle in existence. Well,
3: we'll add mansions because the stories <laughs> Castles are fascinating. Yeah, the stories are fascinating.
0: Well, speaking of fascinating buildings, our Arizona staycation feature this week, again, is Winslow. And if you haven't been there, you need to go take it in. And in particular, uh, a winning an Arizona staycation from Rosie on the House, which is the only place you can win the Arizona staycation, it's, uh, we're going to put you up at the La Posada which is uh, originally constructed as a Harvey uh, Hotel along the Santa Fe Railroad. Uh, It's a masonry structure. It's a beautiful building that was in extreme disrepair, not unlike the Tovery Castle story, a building that the railroad was literally getting ready to bulldoze flat, scrape it off the site, Uh, When it was purchased and it's been renovated, it's got uh, a lot of history. The dining room within the La Posada is called the Turquoise Room. And if you haven't eaten there, you're missing probably one of the very best meals in all of Arizona. You can get seared Colorado elk medallions with black currant sauce. You can get pork carnitas. You can get grilled chicken breast with tomatilla sauce and tamales. You can get churro lamb sampler platter. You can get Cedar River Farms prime rib. They've got the free-range braised bison short ribs.
3: Truly five-star dining. And and to clarify, that's that was September's staycation. So the, our winners have gotten to enjoy that that wonderful experience, beautiful gift shop, the artwork hanging throughout the hotels is unique and and um, beautiful.
0: If I'm not mistaken, they're actually on this trip this weekend, I believe. So they're up there now.
3: We'll have to get their report yep. when they get back.
1: When and I, of course, you can stand on the corner and take a picture. Yeah, you with, can. You got to it, do it's it. Glenn Fry, right? Is that who the statue? is? I don't know.
3: He's standing there with a little know. guitar on his back, and then the you, then they got you the red pickup stop. truck. And then the whole glass on the side looks is the scene painted. It's just it's really charming. It really is. And this today's the it's last day. It's a bronze
0: day. statue. And Romy, you know how bronze kind of ages. Mm-hmm. But both of his shoulders are polished. Brightest could be from people standing up. Holding <laughs> <and putting laughs> their hand around it. <laughs>
1: the, the grease from human hand yeah. kept the brass. Yeah.
0: Okay, but look, the best thing, I was talking about turquoise room, the best meal at the turquoise room is the wild, wild platter. It's quail, it's farm-raised elk, uh, it's bison, uh, it's wild boar chili. So it is a fabulous potpourri of wild game all piled on one big platter. And when Jennifer and I go, I need to venture off and try some of their other meals. But that's the meal I have every time.
3: It is great. And today is the last day to to put in, to win the trip to Jerome, to the Jerome, Jerome Grand Hotel.
0: That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. When when you win the staycation, we actually put you in some gift baskets. One in particular comes from the Sphinx Date Ranch.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have all kinds of goodies in there, local made. We have gift baskets from Sibley's and Soretta Candy, Coyote Ote. Um, just it's, we get you something really special. We get you a two hundred and fifty dollars gift card just for you know eating out or or gas and um...
0: Arizona highways gives some gift books to give to you and Sanderson Ford donates the vehicle for you to use for that particular weekend. So you get to Sanderson, you pick your Sanderson Ford, and we put you on the road. You can only win the Rosie on the House staycation at our website Rosie on the House. Every month, we draw on the 15th. We'll we'll draw today, and then you can start putting in your name again tomorrow. Stay tuned. we got John J. Harper coming in talking winter vegetables and herbs at your house.